This is a Research in Practice podcast, supporting evidence-informed practice with children and families, young people and adults. Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Wilde and I'm the Domestic Abuse Lead for Research in Practice and today we'll be talking about the recently completed Domestic Abuse and Child Protection Change Project. It was a national project with the aim of exploring and supporting new conceptual and practice developments in responses to families where domestic abuse is an issue of concern for child protection services. It drew upon the latest international research, emerging practice approaches, as well as expertise from people with lived experience in order to open up possibilities for understanding why domestic abuse is such a key driver of demand in child protection, as well as to understand how it might be better responded to by approaches that are more humane and socially transformative. Another key aim was to collaboratively produce outputs and learning resources which could support policymakers and practitioners in their work supporting families where there's a person causing harm in order to better enable outcomes for children and whole families. This podcast series represents one of those learning resources which we hope will go some way to embedding some of the valuable contributions from leaders and practitioners engaged in the project so that their insights might be mobilised or applied elsewhere in the country. The project was led by Professor Kate Morris of Sheffield University, Professor Bridge Featherstone of Huddersfield Uni, and Sharon Inglis, a restorative practice consultant. And there were representatives from approximately 30 local authorities and voluntary sector partners who took part in the project. One of the local authorities represented on the project was Salford, and Claire is here to talk about her experience with the project. So Claire, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Hi, yes, I'm Claire Badley and I'm the Domestic Abuse Lead for Children's Services at Salford Council. Thank you, Claire. It's brilliant to have you here as part of the Change Project podcast series. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us today. Um, I'll just begin with the first question then. So focusing on your work locally, please can you give me a sense of how you or your teams currently approach child protection work with families where there is domestic abuse or domestic abuse is a concern? Yes, of course. Um, there's been some dramatic changes actually over the past two years in relation to Salford, um, LA and, and the partnership and how we support um, child protection cases and families and they're coming through. And particularly it's our response um, to working with perpetrators directly. Um, so what we did have, we had um, a inspection, a JTA inspection in 2016 and from that it was identified that we needed to work more effectively with victims um, to safeguard um, and to ensure that we were risk assessing more efficiently and on the grounds of that holding perpetrators accountable for their behaviours. So what we looked at was our internal processes initially. Um, we created a practitioner's guidance and the practitioner's guidance gave advice and guidance to our staff um, and partners on how to respond to domestic abuse cases. Um, and how to support victims, capture the voices of children um, and hold perpetrators accountable for behaviours. Um, alongside that, we developed some resources and tools. Um, so we implemented um, the, the DASH and the, the Safe Lives DASH. Um, in addition to that, the severity of abuse grid from Safe Lives um, and also the Safe Lives recommended safety plan, um, which was implemented into our case management system. 
Um, what we started doing as well, um, we took away working agreements with victims and actually we only now complete working agreements with perpetrators. But in addition to that, we introduced the perpetrator dash, um, which give a real insight into not only what risk a victim felt she was presented with or he was presented with, but also what risk um, a perpetrator felt he presented, um, obviously, to that victim, which was quite interesting. In addition to that, also, um, we looked at implementing de-escalation plans um, to reduce risk and look from a harm minimization stance. Uh, and finally, um, we looked at inventories of controlling behaviour, um, which we introduced to support our practitioners in identifying key risks of domestic abuse um, and how we could kind of evidence base um, that we had clear, um, that perpetrators had clear involvement in the process um, and were held accountable and had a voice as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there's some of the changes that we've implemented with the support and some training for staff alongside that, um, which has gone across the partnership. And then what we did, we was lucky enough to incorporate some provision to support alongside that. So what that looks like, it's respect accredited provision. And we have what's called Strive for Change, which is an early intervention model, which is for standard risk intervention for perpetrators, male, female. We have a specialist LGBTQ pathway for that and BME pathway as well, where English as well isn't first language. Um, and that's six sessions and it's looking at things like um victim blame, accountability, impact of DA on children, so forth. And then what we have is, is the respect accredited six to nine months programme as well, um, which we offer from, from a group perspective or one-to-one. Um, again, that's open for the LGBTQ community, BME community, uh, for females who use harm and also um, male offenders um, of domestic abuse. And then finally, what we have introduced recently is our DRIVE model, um, which is quite exciting for Salford. We're part of that pilot um, ourselves in Manchester, um, and that looks at wraparound support um, through Marrick. Um, so where you'd have an advert and Marrick to support a victim, what we have now is a drive manager to to support, um, I guess, the um, the Marrick panel in, in managing the risks that perpetrator presents to keep that victim safe. So yeah, that's the kind of overall model of what we have currently in Salford. Fantastic, thank you, Claire and a really kind of complex array of um, different measures to hold people that are harming and families to account. Um, thank you. And moving on to the next question, can you tell me a bit about how the change project has informed or shaped your thinking locally? Yeah, and I think what was great about the change project was that we had so many different local authorities together and we identified that even though we were so different in relation to um, some of the issues that were placed in front um, that needed to be addressed in supporting families. Um, we also had a lot of similarities <laughs> needed to address. And, and what I found most interesting was um, the different ways to address and review that. So learning about safe and together was a really interesting concept for me um, and kind of what that could offer, um, particularly caring dads as well, and the feedback in relation to um, first-hand experiences of dads that had accessed that programme and the benefits of, of that um, also, um, Growing Futures was a big one that Doncaster held and the whole family approach and kind of looking into that. And again, more insight into drive and the discussions around drive um, were found really, really beneficial um, because as we were, I suppose, Salford's changing as everywhere is consistently and to keep up with that, we need to look at different avenues.
avenues of support and provision to meet the needs. And it was really interesting to find out about what other areas were offering um, and the insight into that. And so that we don't just want one model fits all. And I felt that that's what the benefit for us coming along and kind of looking at what everybody else was doing and sharing in that um, knowledge base um, the resources that they tapped into um, and also the outcomes that they could evidence in relation to effectiveness. Brilliant. Thank you. And I guess building on that, could you give some examples of where you've applied that new learning either from the change project or elsewhere in local strategy or service planning or commissioning or policy and practice? Yeah, totally. I mean, we're going through a joint commissioning strategy actually at the moment, which we've been heavily part of um, and in line with the Domestic Abuse Act and um, to ensure that we're kind of meeting the needs of the city. Um, and the expectancies really from us as an LA and a local authority um, and on the back of that um, it's making sure that we took into account um, the impact of domestic abuse on children, the impact of the domestic abuse on victims, survivors and the impact of domestic abuse on perpetrators and particularly our language that we were using um, in relation to our text um, and what we were looking at from that joint commissioning strategy across the board. Um, from that, um, I was fortunate enough to be heavily involved in writing the business case um, on the scope of what we would we would look at facilitating across the city over the next five years as part of that plan. Um, and I've written the specification um, and I feel that my work through research and practice and speaking to other areas in kind of some of the barriers um, to engagement that they face was really, really beneficial in supporting that specification. Um, particularly, as I mentioned before, in relation to caring dads for us, um, we struggle with the evidence base of perpetrator provision and we want to really work forward to ensure that what we invest in is really efficient and effective. Um, and the research and practice give us some real guidelines on what we could be looking at within that specification to ensure it was as productive as possible. So thank you, Claire. I wondered if I could um, just pick up on something you said there around language. Um, if you could tell me a little bit more about what what you mean there. Yes, of course. And I think it's been something that's been looked into um, quite recently in relation to our strategy and our terminology. And when we're referring to um, perpetrators and victims as a victim or survivor and perpetrator and then even the relation to the names of the programs is that perpetrator program or is it behavioral change program or prevention uh, domestic abuse prevention program um, and what we're really conscious of ensuring that we're not putting bar barriers in place for engagement via the label of firstly the services that we offer um, and then our language of when we're engaging with individuals ensuring that we're, we're using first names and um, that everybody's treating as an individual um, that we're, we're focused focusing heavily on what it means to be potentially within social care a good dad um, and what the dynamics of being a good dad is um, and the terminology around that um, and with our literature that we are sharing as well um, from a publication stance as well and um, that's going out through comms um, making sure that it's inclusive that we're advertising our um, engagement programs that they are a platform for change um, that they are prevention um, for domestic abuse um, and trying to avoid to be fair the, the terms perpetrator um, and, and, and looking on the stance of uh, that survivor model as well on, on the grounds of depending on where somebody is within their journey and what support they need, um, making sure that the services and the language that she uses is tailored to that, to where they are with, with them on that on that path. That's that's really interesting. Thank you, Claire. Um, there was just one other thing I wanted to pick up on, actually, from from the previous question. Um, you mentioned um, hearing the voices of children 
And I wondered if you could just tell me a bit more about that, please. Yeah, we've done a lot of work actually in Salford to capture the voice of the child and we've got a lot of resources specifically um, that are age specific actually. We really struggled with our under fives and how we capture the voice of the child within the dynamics of when there's domestic abuse within the home and then ensuring that our practitioner is equipped um, with the right tools and they're on the right level um, that can get without re-traumatising as well. Um, individuals, young people. Um, and we're also, we've looked at Operation Encompass and our response to Operation Encompass and our children's service. Um, our domestic abuse children's service, Harbour, um, has equipped um, the pastoral staff attached to the schools with special resources as well. Um, so that when obviously there's an allocation to Operation Encompass, um, the pastoral staff are equipped with the same resources that obviously our domestic abuse children's service um, is as well so they can just capture an evidence base that we're doing a lot of um, quality assurance on on files i'm doing a lot of audits consistently and it's heavily on the grounds of what questions you know on our observation list initially what are we looking for what are signs um, and then kind of verbally how that child's expressing themselves um, and I'm looking at the dynamics of making sure that we're capturing everything as effectively as we can and the, the, the core and center of obviously every plan that's made that's brilliant. That's really good to hear. Thank you, Claire. And finally, moving on to the to the last question, um, what challenges and opportunities do you envisage for your service organisation over, say, the next six to 12 months or so? And how do you hope to address them? Um, and also, who do you think you, you might need on board? So organisations, agencies, people in that in that journey? I would say the biggest challenge we're facing is that we're not quite 100% sure what the impact of COVID has had um, and how we're going to adapt to ensure that the provisions that we previously needed are going to meet the demand of what we're going to be facing. Um, and I think that's going to be a big challenge um, for us moving forward. I think we've measured our need on current stats um, and actually we've still not come out of full lockdown so on the grounds of what that will unravel um, are we setting ourselves up to fail already because we're moving as fast as we can in line with the domestic abuse act to meet to get the strategy out to get the commission service ready and um, so i'd say that's um going to be one of the main difficulties um, i'm fearful of um, and in particular as well, it's, it's the evidence base, again, of perpetrator provision. Um, it's only a short time. There's a lot of money being put into um, perpetrator provision currently across the country, I feel. And so evidence base, its effectiveness is on the shoulders of of everybody. Um, you're aware of obviously the Home Office recently releasing the funding which Salford were successful um, in gaining an element of that which we mapped on through the CCG um, and I guess all eyes are on us now to make sure that we're working really closely from a GMCA perspective to evidence base everything that we're doing because um, what we don't want is we want trauma-informed provision, trauma-aware provision, apologies. So on the grounds of that we know that we can't achieve the insight that we need over a short space of time but we know that we need to evidence it to a good enough standard to ensure sure that it continues and that it's not something that we put a plaster on and quickly take away so that's a big thing for us from a partnership stance um and then the partnership's quite strong within Salford. Um, we have good representation from health, CCG, education, the police um, and the LA. Um, they work really closely together in the Salford Community Safety Partnership. Um, but it's just ensuring accountability across the board um, for the strategy moving forward. Um, and I guess once we get that embedded, it's the investment for everybody to ensure that they're upskilling the staff too and, and tapping into the resources um, and everyone's moving at the same pace and um, to complement each other. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thank you, Claire. And I, I wondered if I could just pick up on that, the point you're saying about you're kind of rapidly moving to respond or align yourselves with the, the new domestic abuse act. And I wondered if you could just elaborate on that in terms of what's going on locally to do that piece of work. Yeah, so I mean, we had a mapping exercise actually in 2019, um, which was completed specifically for Salford, but now obviously we're looking at a GM level to ensure that we've got real evidence base on, on, on need. And we've been touching base um, with Camilla, who covers obviously the Northwest for um, the League Commissioner for the UK, um, to ensure that it's falling in line um, with violence against women and girls and the policies in relation to that, ensuring that it's keeping base with sexual survivors and that they're inclusive within um our strategy moving forward and that it's meeting the needs in, in line with expectancies really um yeah brilliant thank you so much claire um before we close is there anything else you'd you'd like to mention no i just thank you so much um to obviously to be searching practice to yourself and for bringing Salford on board and with the change projects we learned a lot from it we took a lot on board with that and i think we've made a lot of tight partnerships um th through attendance of that um, and obviously that shared learning is vital um, across the board and that's what it's been able enabled us to do so we're very thankful brilliant well thank you so much for sharing your insights and um i'm really you know very confident that what you've shared will, you know, help a lot of other um, practitioners and leaders across the country that may not have been part of the project. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Research in Practice podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Why not share with your colleagues and let us know your thoughts on Twitter? Tweet us at ResearchIP.